1: Good morning and welcome. I am looking forward to a very rich and beautiful show. And I want to start off by simply acknowledging that right now it feels like we live in a very complex and divisive world. And if we really boil down to what's creating that complexity and the diversity in the sense of of, uh, negativity or divisiveness, It would all boil down to opinions, judgments, and beliefs. It would boil down to what each one of us think and really want to stand firm on, but not perhaps see the other point of view. This has been something that's been going on since the beginning of time, where man's mind stays anchored in a fixed space, then resulting in their actions, thoughts, and words. And because we're all different, and we're all of different mind, we create a lot of complexity. Now more than ever, it's time to move towards one mind. That doesn't mean that we become homogenized and we become robotic and all the same person. One mind simply understands that there is a place of neutrality, a commonality, and a simplicity that we can attain. I'm really excited about my guest today. Granddaughter Crow uses her innate curiosity and intelligence to construct a radical new cognitive framework for understanding the mysteries of the complex universe in which we live. Her new book, Belief, Being, and Beyond, is wonderfully unique in that it encompasses the views and perspectives of seemingly disparate belief systems to create a foundational new paradigm for understanding cultural perspectives. Now, I know growing up as a child, I always wanted to understand why things were separate. And I was always taught as a child from my own parents that all paths lead to the same point. They're simply different paths. But do we really stop to understand what's common about different things? What does Christianity have in common with the tarot? What does paganism have in common with Navajo creation stories? What does Jesus have in common with the Hindu deity Manu? Well, Granddaughter Crow enlightens everyone to the fact that there's far more that unites our varied human systems of belief than we've ever considered. Granddaughter Crow is an author, medicine woman, public speaker, teacher, and intuitive reader. Descended from a long line of spiritual leaders, she's a member of the Navajo Nation. She was voted Woman of the Year in 2015 by the National Association of Professional Women. You can find out about her at granddaughtercrow.com, and she's written several other books. But today we're going to be talking about her latest release, Belief, Being, and Beyond, Your Journey to Questioning Ideas, Deconstructing Concepts, and Healing from Harmful Belief Systems. Welcome, Granddaughter Crow, to 1111 Talk Radio.
2: Oh, thank you so much. Thank you so much. I'm so honored and blessed to be here with you and all of your listeners. That was such a lovely intro. I got chills. I'm like, I did that? Awesome.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's a timely conversation. Right now, it seems like we are becoming more and more divided, more and more separate. Everyone wants to take their stand and cross opposite of each other rather than the very thing that innately I think we all know needs to happen. And that is unity. And that unity comes from bridging the space between what we believe to really being open to hearing what others believe, and then even rising above that to what you call a place of neutrality. And I think that the first thing that people have to understand is how strongly our beliefs really do impact Mm. everything that happens not only in our lives, but in the ripples that we create in the world. Talk a little bit about belief and how detrimental it can be to us because so often we are taught that we must hang on to our beliefs and that might not be the case anymore.
2: Right. Absolutely. I agree 100%. I, I like to say that A person's belief system literally constitutes how they behave in the world. So not just religious beliefs. I'm talking very basic. Like if you believe that you need to brush your teeth teeth twice a day, you will brush your teeth religiously, right? If you believe that you're going to have a really wonderful day if you sleep in until 8 a.m., and so you sleep until 8 a.m. And then by that belief system, you actually create a really good day for yourself. It's very, very basic. And beliefs are so strong. We go to war over them. We live our lives by them. We practice holidays by them. We, I mean, if if you have, if you're watching a sports show and you believe that you have to wear an unwashed jersey so that you win, then you're gonna do that. And so beliefs are probably from what I have observed throughout my life, the strongest, the strongest thing that constitutes our behavior.
1: And these beliefs become dogma. you use the word religion and really any of these types of thoughts can become our religion. And become detrimental because not only do we live in that way, but as you experienced and as so many of us experience as children, it gets passed on and that's where the detriment is. That's where the wounding is transferred and we create a further divide as we move forward as humanity.
2: Yeah, yeah. Dogma is a really powerful word. I like that. I like that you brought that up. And just to kind of... Talk about how deep this, this concept runs so deep within me that it constituted me writing this book. I was raised in a very um, dogmatic system that constituted children should not be heard. They should only be seen. Um, do not question authority. Do not question God. Do not question adults. Do not question So I lived a life of not questioning. And then when I started to question in my teenage years, my family thought, okay she is now being rebellious her curiosity is she should listen and and just do what we say and it constituted a divide between me and my my biological family they they asked me to leave in short words i mean it, when you read the book then you'll understand that i'm i'm glossing over a lot of just hardship but what i found was it really it really impacted me that A parent's belief system, irregardless of how much they love their child, their belief system can cause a divide between them and their children. And that's what is so impactful about this. And that if we don't sit back and and, and, and be curious, be curious about things, then we don't grow. And then we're living in an, an old narrative that maybe one time worked, but maybe it's not working for us now.
1: You know, it's really powerful, the things that we experience as children. And as I read through your beautiful book, which really I, I urge my listeners to to definitely pick up your copy of Belief Being and Beyond, it returns you to your space of curiosity and it really will help you see where you perhaps have anchored into certain beliefs. But as a child, I specifically remember a, a time when I was four years old and I was home with my grandmother who was wheelchair bound and the doorbell rang and she couldn't get to it so I went and answered the door and when I opened it on the other side of the door was this little blonde haired six seven year old boy and he was so upset granddaughter crow he was crying and fidgeting he was sweating his hair was matted to his head he was red-faced he was moving about the porch kind of doing a pee-pee dance as if he had to use the bathroom Mm. and he was clutching something in his hand and as an empath I felt his fear I didn't Mm. know what I was feeling I just I felt something really really big come over me and all of a sudden he yelled at me and he said I don't want you to go to hell I don't want you to burn in hell please Mm. take this and save yourself and he threw something at me and ran away and I never saw that little boy again and didn't know who he was But when I leaned over and picked up what he threw at me, it was a tiny little green book with squishy paper. Mm. And I couldn't read, so I went and didn't want to burn in hell, wherever that was. I didn't even know what that was. And I placed it under my pillow. And that night, my mother came into my bedroom, and as she was tucking me in and adjusted my pillow, the book fell behind the bed. And she picked it up and in a stern voice said, where did you get this? And I became afraid that I had done something wrong, and I explained to her what had happened. And in a very sad and solemn way, uh, and and with a look in her eyes, she placed that book on my heart, and she put her hands on top of that book with my hands, and she said, this is a Gideon Bible, Mm. and it has a lot of beautiful teachings in it. It also has stories, and it has some things that are made up. Mm -hmm. And as you get older, I want you to study all the religions, Mm. because you will find they all have beautiful elements to them, beautiful truths that you could call pearls, and they all have stories, and they all have things made up. But if you will just find the pearls of truth that match in each one then you will be led to where the truth is. And that was such a profound moment. But even in that, it left a divide of fear and love, of yeah. how can one person be so afraid and and hold this idea and this other person be sharing something that seems so loving and unified. And so even at the age of four, the questions started happening. Yeah. And I bring this up because in your book, you raise some questions that I'd love for the readers to hear. Because they're powerful questions Mm. that you begin asking yourself as a teenager. Mm -hmm. If the path that I'm walking says God loves all, yet some never learn of this God and this path, and those people go to hell, how is that a loving God? Mm -hmm. Why was I created by a creator and given a mind that is curious in nature, yet I'm not allowed to use it?
2: Mm -hmm.
1: To what point why Was I given a mind at all if I'm supposed to blindly follow? Mm. Why are we so afraid of questioning something or someone? And when I read these questions and I think about the things going on in the world, whether it is people walking into a mall or a school and shooting, Mm. whether it is people going into a church and and wreaking violence, whether it is uh, political parties shouting daggers at each other and venomous Mm -hmm words, you know, whether it is countries, you know, arming each other one against one another, it all boils down to not being curious and questioning our own beliefs yes, rather than questioning the other. Speak a little bit more about the questions that popped up and where to go when people start having some of these questions and thoughts and inquiries within themselves as they go through your book.
2: Oh, I love it. Thank you for sharing that story it It just it really touched my heart um seeing the extreme between an individual's fear that you would go to hell if you didn't believe the same way that they did, to your mother's graciousness that explores that there are many pearls of wisdom in all types of religions. So first I'd like to say, in, in the book, I do a lot of comparative religion, I bump up concepts around the Tarot, etc. and so you can find a lot of that. As far as the questions, you know, the curiosity, I truly believe. Believe 100%, I believe that our curiosity was placed within us as a compass. Towards our authenticity, and when I say authenticity, it, it kind of is like, well, I feel a little uncomfortable because, you know, I'm supposed to be the same. So I say, oh yeah, well I am authentic, just like you. So we are both authentic. We are both special. We are both beautiful. So when these questions start coming, you may end up getting that uh, societal narrative, that religious narrative, that so narrative that says curiosity killed the cat and so then you fear but the truth is is that that's only half the statement the other half of that statement is so curiosity killed the cat but oh what is it but um, finding out is what brought it back So actually finding out more information brings the cat back. So as you begin to question, I would literally say, open up to whatever, however the divine reveals itself to you, maybe even if it's scientifically or whatever, however the divine reveals itself to you, open up and say, I am going to ask a question. And inevitably, an answer will come. In fact, moreover, I would say that there are so many answers that are right in front of all of us. But until we pose a question, we do not recognize the answers. So once we pose a question, answers come inevitably.
1: There comes a moment where the questions have to arise. And... Within you, it, it seemed to be something of a calling. It was something that innately was in you from a child to explore and be curious. Mm-hmm. But we live in a world where where so many people's hearts have been shut down. And and there is this blind following simply because it's made normal. It's made normal to follow into uh, whatever the family follows. It's made normal to follow into whatever the society is typically deemed how would one what where would one figure out that the curiosity needs to begin is there something that's going to happen in their body is it something uncomfortable is it something good what is it that sparks this awakening to wanting to know more
2: I love it. I absolutely love that question and it it could happen, I believe, in in many different ways depending on what the individual is experiencing and how connected they are to their own personal thoughts and how open they are to listening to their own internal voice. And so like for me, it was a curiosity like waking up in the morning and and you kind of stretch and you feel a little foggy and and but you have these these questions and 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 you start kind of getting curious. But other times, um, it can also come as like when somebody says something to you, like, if you don't believe this, you're going to hell. That's like a shock wake up, you know, but they're both awakenings. But that's like, oh, my God, I don't want to go to hell. What is this place that you're telling me about? And and it's a fear, but it still kind of wakes you up. So, I think it's all about the awakening. So, think about the different. Different ways that individuals can wake up literally in the morning, and their physical body is waking up. There are different ways that that happens. Some jump out of bed and they're singing songs. Others need a cup of coffee, and it takes another hour. Others ease into their day. I mean, so there's a lot of different ways that people wake up, and so it is with um, mental, emotional, and spiritual belief systems and, and thoughts and curiosity, we all wake up different ways. But the fact is, is if we can wake up and and sometimes you can start really, really easy and just start asking questions like, why is the sky blue? Why is the get grass green? You can start really, really easy. But curiosity is the most powerful, I would say, liberation that we individually and collectively can experience together and always know that there is something more that that can come from it.
1: Awaken the curious side of your mind and discover ideas beyond the dogma you have may previously have been taught. This illuminating guide encourages you to delve into a variety of belief systems and the themes they all share along with your own pre-existing beliefs. Through this exploration, you'll expand your worldview and heal any thoughts that may be hurting you and others. It's time to do this for yourself and for our world. Belief, being, and beyond invites you to engage in deep self-reflection as you learn about different legends, religions, and scientific findings. In addition to inspiring stories from her personal life, Granddaughter Crow shares parallel stories about the creation Flood, Hero, End of Times, and Afterlife that come from Christianity, Hinduism, and Navajo traditions. You'll also explore journal prompts, tarot insights, and wisdom from the cycles of nature. Again, the book is Belief, Being, and Beyond, Your Journey to Questioning Ideas, Deconstructing Concepts, and Healing from Harmful Belief Systems. She has also written the book's The Journey of the Soul, and Wisdom of the Natural World. You can find out more about this author, medicine woman, public speaker, teacher, and intuitive reader. Just go to granddaughtercrow.com. That's granddaughtercrow.com. We'll be right back after these messages with more of Granddaughter Crow.
0: Discovering the heart and stepping into conscious living. 1111 magazine. Order now at www.1111mag.com. 1111mag.com.
3: Do you want more more joy, more abundance, more power and presence? How would it feel to have more loving relationships, more empowered community, greater fulfillment and life purpose? The 1111 Mastermind Community inspires, empowers, guides, and supports transformation. Shift your mind, expand your heart, deepen insights, let go, and chart a new course. Dream a new dream. The 1111 Mastermind Community is an online portal for personal transformation and soulful expansion. Go to courses.1111mag.com. That's courses.1111mag.com change begins with you let it be simple convenient and transformative the time is now step through the 1111 gateway courses.1111mag.com
0: live up to your fullest potential this is the voice america empowerment channel You are listening to 1111 Talk Radio. Simron is an award-winning author, publisher of 1111 Magazine, powerful speaker of wisdom, and a life mentor. Find out more at IamSimran.com. Now, back to 1111 Talk Radio.
1: Before we get back to the beautiful wisdom of Granddaughter Crow and the powerful book, Belief, Being, and Beyond, I want to mention that 1111 Talk Radio's podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, and they are offering 10% off your first month at BetterHelp.com forward slash 11 for 1111 Talk Radio listeners. Life can be overwhelming, and many people are burned out without even knowing it. Symptoms can include lack of motivation, feeling helpless or trapped, detachment, fatigue, and more. Whether you are working too much or not taking enough time for yourself, if you are feeling burned out, it's time to get some support. You want to understand what that feels like to you. You want to get back into your body and tap in to the feelings, the sensations, and the emotions. We associate burnout with work, but that's not the only cause. Any of our roles in life can actually lead us to feeling burned out. And BetterHelp Online Therapy wants to remind you prioritize yourself. Talking with someone can help you figure out what's causing the stress in your life. And it's important to have that listening ear at times to get your own insights. BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist. So you don't even have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. You don't have to leave your living room It's much more affordable than in-person therapy, and you'll be matched with a therapist in under 48 hours. Again, 10% off your first month at BetterHelp.com forward slash 11. Spell out the word 11. If there's something interfering with your happiness or preventing you from achieving your goals, it's time for you to check out BetterHelp. There's a broad range of expertise available. Uh, There's service for clients worldwide. You can log into your account at any time. And they are really committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches. It's more affordable than traditional offline therapy and financial aid is available. BetterHelp wants you to start living a happier life today and a more fulfilling one. Go ahead and visit their website and read their testimonials. They're posted daily and you can go to betterhelp.com forward slash 11 and join the over 2 million people who have taken charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. That's betterhelp.com forward slash 11 and spell out the word 11. My guest today is granddaughter Crow, and you can find out more about her at granddaughtercrow.com. She has released a wonderful new book that is so timely for everything that we're experiencing in the world today, and it is called Belief, Being, and Beyond. It is an opportunity for you to dive further into your own journey, to delve into your mind, to question your ideas, to deconstruct the concepts and heal from the belief systems that perhaps are harming you from being open-hearted and open-minded. I've gone through this book, and it really is a beautiful display of different belief systems and their commonalities, while also showing you a way to really tap into and be present to your four bodies and seasonal type of elements that exist within us as you move through some of the traditional belief systems, as well as moving through your own day. Granddaughter Crow, welcome back. I'd love to start off and talk a little bit about how you bring people more present to the concepts within the four bodies and how through the book you move forward from there. Can you talk a little bit about the four bodies and how they relate to some of the teachings that you are moving through in the book?
2: I love it. Yes, absolutely. Thank you so much for having me here with you all. So when I am talking about the four bodies of existence, what I am referring to is the physical body, the emotional body, the mental body, and the spiritual body. And so I talk about them as bodies, that each of them have a body so that we can understand that just like our physical body needs food, rest, exercise, so does our emotional body. It needs to be fed. It needs rest. It needs exercise. Our mental body needs the same thing. Our spiritual body needs the same thing. And so when we approach the concept of having these four bodies, then we begin to see the world and honor ourselves and other people and we can also take care of ourselves a lot more instead of doing what a lot of belief systems uh, require us to do which is not to engage mentally but to follow like sheeple not to feel too many emotions because then you might go off and that type of a thing and so when we look at the four bodies of existence and that's just a really beautiful we could have a show just on that but when we look at those what i tend to do and oddly enough this came this concept came to me when i was in the 8th grade science class i remember sitting there kind of bored listening to the teacher talk about evolution and things like this and then i started considering i was a very deep odd child if you can if you can fathom but i cons- i started considering well evolution, what about the evolution within our emotional body? What about the evolution within our mental body? What about the evolution within our spiritual body? What does that look like? And so what I do is I look at the physical realm you know, here in the 3D, waking up in the morning, what that feels like, standing in the sunlight at noon, what does that feel like to the physical body, going in the evening and resting, what does that feel like to the physical body, and then sleeping at night, what does that feel like to the physical body, and then I apply that to what does that feel like emotionally to awaken, and at noon kind of enlighten, and at night just being and to, and, and rest and in in, at nighttime and in the evening, just being, and what does that feel like mentally, and what does that feel like spiritually? So it's almost like, a lot of times I find that people can be so spiritually minded that they're no earthly good, and they don't embody the spirit. They don't embody their emotions. They don't embody what they're thinking. But that's where we actually can ground everything. And so, I take us through this beautiful journey throughout the book. And um, just a little key for people who are listening who are going to pick up the book, I would highly recommend as the author to go to Appendix B, B, at the very end, there is an overall matrix, and in that overall matrix, you'll see the pattern that I'm throwing down, and it has to do with like the morning and asking questions and awakening, and at noontime, you know, where we get the answers and we're enlightening, and then in the evening time, etc., and how this whole, you know, we we actually act upon the answers that we received, and that is what helps us to manifest. So, it's a beautiful pattern. And there's a lot of concepts that I bump up. It's People call it a deep weaving of information. And this is a book that I've heard people can read over and over again and get different things depending on where they're at within their life. And also at the end of each of these chapters, I, I would say when you purchase this book or if you're going to gift this book to somebody else... I would recommend buying a journal with it because at the end of every chapter, I write these journal prompts that will help you to start seeing where you are. And at the end of the day, I'm not asking you to change your beliefs, to do this, to believe it this way or that way. I'm asking you to get to know where you're at and then to be curious about where you want to go and what does that look like in your life. And also to understand that there have been a lot of people who have been ostracized And maybe you as a listener understand this, you have been ostracized because of somebody else's belief system and how harmful that can be. But this book, I hope, increases your empowerment so that you're like, I get to believe what I believe, and I also allow others to believe what they believe. We're not here to hurt each other because at the end of the day, we all want to know the simplest of things. Why are we here? Is there a savior or am I my own savior? Is science a savior? I want to know when I leave, what happens? And that's why religions and philosophy and and even mythology write so many stories because it's trying to help us as humans, wherever we're at on the face of this earth, to wrap our mind around giving us some sort of an answer or response to those deep, innate questions that we all have.
1: Mm, What a beautiful sharing. I tell you, when I received your book and I was preparing for the show, my intuitive guidance said, start at the back of the book. And so I opened it up and it happened to land on Appendix (laughs) B. And I love grids. In my my recent trilogy that I'm releasing over this year, it is filled with these different multidimensional grids. And when I looked at yours, I said, she has created a book that has everything to do with a multidimensional human. Mm -hmm. and is taking people through the different levels of themselves. And Mm -hmm. it it is a powerful, even just looking at the matrix that you created, that could be someone's meditation for a long time. It will take them to a lot of places. Mm -hmm. But the fact that you actually expound upon it within the book um, makes it even more exciting, adventurous, uh, and intimate Mm -hmm. for the individual. And so I want to start with awakening. Mm-hmm. That's the first place you call it morning. You say that this is the time of activation after being asleep, and you equate awakening to to being childhood, to being uh, our spring, our east, our creation, and the place of the question. Talk a little bit more about awakening and um, and how this moves us through different stages.
2: I love it. And I love what you said. Yes, this is very multidimensional. So the awakening, this is the part where we wake up in the morning. How does that feel? How do you wake up in the morning? What is that experience like within your physical body, emotional body, mental body, spiritual body? And it much aligns with our childhood, being curious and the the day is before us, and and we're just waking up and we're learning all these new things. We're starting to grow. There's a significant amount of growing when you are a child. You know, you you change height, you change weight, you know, all of that. And that's the same. Thing that happens like in the springtime with the burgeoning of you know the winter is over and then the ground and and the trees are starting to wake up and the grass and the and the flowers everything is starting to burgeon and this is much like you know what is the beginning this is like the beginning and so then this is also addressed in philosophy religion mythology as what we would encounter as the creation story the beginning and that. That is where we begin. The same applies to asking a question. All of those interweave with very um, similar themes or overarching themes. And so, whether you can relate to the spring, whether you can relate to the childhood aspect, whether you relate to the creation story it all begins right there it all begins right there and that's that's the power of this because it can hit you on different dimensions depending on where you're at
1: and as you move through this matrix you take individuals into um, further aspects of not only their own multi-dimensionality but you're helping them to embody each day in a more powerful way Yes, You're helping them to be present within their body, within their day, within their thoughts, within their beliefs, each and every day, rather than this being uh, only a a far-reaching, overarching perspective of religions or belief systems or cultures and bridging them together. It's something practical that they can do moment by moment to -hmm. then open and awaken that space of neutrality. Mm-hmm. That I think is your your utmost intention in writing this book.
2: Yeah, I agree. So it's it's something that is micro within a day and macro within a lifetime. And it's something that is like if you could be mindful in your day just a 24 hour period or however you know that even when you're sleeping be mindful this is my time to rest when you when you are mindful about that just that one day There is so much wisdom that can come to you through what you are experiencing by being in the moment. And and the same thing is within one year, you know, the spring is like the morning and then the summer is like noontime. They're both really hot with the greatest sun and then the evening is like autumn and then the nighttime is like winter. It's that same expression on a micro day-to-day level that we experience throughout our lifetime on more of a macro level of I'm a child I'm an adolescent I'm a teenager I'm an adult I'm an elder it's the same patterning and then it is also the same patterning of I am you know the creation story I am you know now there's a cleansing of a flood a purification an enlightenment time now I'm there's an evening and and, and a savior or, or a hero and, and then in the evening you know, what is what is the end time look like in di- different like religions or philosophies or or belief systems and mythologies? And then this is the point of the book there's so many points to the book. Who am I kidding? But there is always something beyond that. And this is where I invite the reader to expand their mind, to realize that there might be something more than what they have been told. And that, if you experience that in a 24-hour time, that literally is tomorrow. That's tomorrow, beyond tomorrow. And it's really kind of, I know that's just a mouthful, and I, I, I hope that the, the listeners can kind of understand a little bit about what I'm throwing down here. But it is just be mindful of your day, and you will understand the whole pattern.
1: If you're one of those individuals that says, time is just moving too fast, or I don't know where the time has gone, or you look at the day that has preceded you and wondered, what did I do today? I can't even remember. This book will help slow you down. Belief, Being, and Beyond is your journey to questioning ideas, deconstructing concepts, and healing from harmful belief systems. In Chapter 1, Granddaughter Crow investigates the unique attributes of the concept of awakening. In Chapter 2, she examines the concept of enlightenment on a micro and macro scale, As you think about human existence, in Chapter 3, she contemplates the idea of being. The emotional realm and the element of water hold many similarities to the responsibilities of adulthood and the care that goes into family and career. In Chapter 4, she explores the concept of becoming, and whatever you've manifested is what you will live off at this point in life. In Chapter 5, she explores the concept of beyond. And in doing so, she examines what limited thinking can produce and explore the concept of blind spots. This may sound a little mysterious, but it makes sense when you arrive at that point of the book. Each chapter delves more into details about cycles and awakening, enlightenment, being, becoming, and beyond. And so it's time to dive into your version of the book. When we come back from these messages, we're going to talk a little bit about how the tarot is such a part of this book and perhaps go into some of the stories that bind different belief systems granddaughter crow can be contacted at granddaughter definitely pick up your copy of this book belief being and beyond and you might want to explore her other books the journey of the soul and wisdom of the natural world once again it's granddaughter and we'll be right back after these messages
3: want more more joy more abundance more power and presence how would it feel to have more loving relationships more empowered community greater fulfillment and life purpose the 1111 mastermind community inspires empowers guides and supports transformation shift your mind expand your heart deepen insights, let go and chart a new course, dream a new dream. The 1111 mastermind community is an online portal for personal transformation and soulful expansion. Go to courses.1111mag.com. That's courses.1111mag.com. Change begins with you. Let it be simple, convenient and transformative. The time is now. Step through the 1111 gateway. Horses.1111mag.com Have you seen
0: 1111? Do you wonder why certain numbers keep showing up in your life? 11, 111, 22, 33, 444. live up to your fullest potential. This is the Voice America Empowerment Channel. You are listening to 1111 Talk Radio. Simron is an award-winning author, publisher of 1111 Magazine, powerful speaker of wisdom, and a life mentor. Find out more at imsimron.com. Now, back to 1111 Talk Radio.
1: Before I get back to Granddaughter Crow, I do want to mention my new books that are releasing this year. The first two of the trilogy are now out. Uh, You can start to deepen into your own personal exploration of your multidimensional nature. The first book is Living, The Seven Blessings of Human Experience. And the second book is Being, The Seven Illusions That Derail Personal Power, Purpose, and Peace. Now, I want you to know these are not books I want you to read cover to cover, nor do I want you to read them fast. Ideally, these books are meant to be sipped like a hot cup of coffee, Mm -hmm. and you are to read just a few lines of each A few lines of living in the morning and a few lines or a short paragraph of being in the evening. And that is all that it takes to allow the medicine of the soul to come forth. So I invite you to click the banner at the top of the show page or go to anywhere books are sold and get your copies. While you order Granddaughter Crow's new book, Belief, Being, and Beyond. It is a powerful book that allows you to move into the questions, deconstruct the concepts, and heal from the harmful beliefs. Systems. Granddaughter Crow, I'd love for you to share um, why and, and in what way the tarot is so profound mm-hmm. throughout this book. Uh, I have always loved the tarot. I think it's becoming more and more popular uh, and commonplace for individuals to use. And as people open up to it, I think it would be wonderful for them to have a deeper understanding of the ancient roots of the tarot and how you uh, illustrate it to them throughout this book within the matrix of being that you have here.
2: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I'd, I'd be honored to. So, a lot of people don't really, um, haven't really learned the depths of the, the tarot. And in this one, I talk specifically about the major arcana and how in the major arcana, it can actually take us through those stages of development, the awakening, the enlightenment, the being and the becoming, and then of course, what lies beyond. So, when I was doing my research, I Came across a Kabbalistic sage, and his last name is Kravchau. And he wrote the book on Kabbal- Kabbalistic Tarot. And in this, he says that the roots are come from of the tarot, come from very early Jewish spiritual traditions, and that the most recent versions of these cards. Uh, come from and moreover, like uh, the most recent would be something like the Rider weight deck. And then there's, of course, so many beautiful illustrations um, made by different creators, but they all follow the same kind of themes. So he says that the most recent version of the cards have been used for over 500 years. and, and he, he questions, he says that he believes that that's when uh, the Spanish Inquisition forced Jewish people to change our belief systems. And so they had to go underground and, and make signs and symbols in order to hold on to those belief systems. But then he also speculates that maybe the our origins are as far back. As like when the the tribes of Israel were captured in Egypt, and they had to basically take these stories and put them into pictures and symbols so that they could pass it on, and it still today is a very um, a wonderful form of divination and connecting, and so that's why I put it in there because. There are some recent, more you know, recent historical belief systems that 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 hit our mind and and our spirituality and all of that. But the Tarot is like one of the oldest, so old that we don't even know where it literally originated from.
1: Well, and that brings me to this place of of wanting to share with the audience how some of the seemingly opposite, uh types of systems and ideologies actually relate so closely. And so, if you were to take Christianity per se, what does it have in common with the tarot?
2: Right. So, you know, that's a very, I could talk for a long time on that one, but what I would say is when When we look at Christianity, and we look at the creation story, and we look at the first couple of cards within the Tarot, we see the same story of creation, of the Fool going on its new adventure, the creation story, and things like this. And then as we go through, like there are some cards like the Lover's card, if you look at the the Rider Waite um, edition, which I have all of these cards, pictures of all these cards in my book. have to go purchase a tarot deck in order to follow along, but it's if you look at like the lovers card, it looks very familiar. It looks like the Garden of Eden, you know. And then when you look at like the the judgment card or the justice card at the end, um, it looks like the Second Coming of Christ. There's angels in there. There's all these alignments, and in the book, I actually help us to and I and I reflect on the Kabbalistic tarot. And um, I reflect and do my own reflection and, and my own studies around it. And I help to kind of wake up the connections between all of these different concepts so that irregardless of whether you are most familiar with um, Christianity or maybe you're more familiar with the Tarot, you can see how they can interweave together.
1: So, in the matrix that you really are taking individuals through uh, with your book, Belief, Being, and Beyond, um, whether they look at it as uh, awakening, enlightenment, being, and becoming, or whether they you know, approach it through a day as morning, noon, evening, night, or even if they look at it through the broader expanse of their life as childhood, adolescence, adulthood, and elderhood. Um, so much of it does bring forth the concepts of how these different stories are really all quite similar. Mm -hmm. Uh, We've talked earlier about awakening to a certain degree, which is the first beginning section of your book. I'm thinking it might be a good idea to uh, quickly go through uh, some of the stories that relate to awakening. We have about three minutes till close, and I know that's not a lot of time for you to do that, but if you could kind of help them understand Um, perhaps how two of the stories relate in some way, so they get an understanding of how it's presented in the book.
2: Absolutely. So, basically... um creation stories, regardless of whether they are Christianity or uh, Navajo or Aboriginal. The creation story is where we we look at the correlation between creation, morning, springtime, childhood. All of these can be examined through the lenses of newness, coming into being, waking up, and then it kind of goes from there. And so there is a lot of similarity between a lot of different answers the question, where did we come from? Where did it all begin? What's new? And so the religions answer those questions, the tarot answers those questions, childhood answers those questions, the morning answers those questions.
1: Beautiful. And and for those individuals that say, okay, tarot's too woo-woo. I am not gonna be a religious buff. I'm not interested in what the religions have to say. I believe in science. Plain and simple, that's all I'm gonna trust. What do you have to say there?
2: I say, great, then that's what we'll do. So I actually don't just compare religions or the tarot. You can skip those sections if you want to. It's free will. Just eat it as it comes. It's a buffet and you pick what you want. But I would say that I do have in every single chapter awakening and what that looks like scientifically, enlightenment and what does that look like scientifically, a hero, a savior. Who is that scientifically? Einstein. So there is a section in each of these chapters that is dedicated to the concepts that we're laying down just in science.
1: Oh, that's beautiful. Is there anything else that you'd like to add, Granddaughter Crow, before we close out the show? Any last bit of wisdom?
2: I would say that I am here to inspire, to empower, to encourage you to find your authenticity. And in that, we get to connect and come together, and you get to be unique, and I love you for that.
1: Granddaughter Crow says that one of the biggest blind so- spots in the world is that individuals refuse to look outside of their own belief systems. They're refusing to acknowledge that they have blind spots. When we as a society have blind spots that we ignore, it can be harmful to others, and we see this a lot in the world. It causes prejudice and lack of empathy for marginalized groups. One could argue that blind spots are what create and sustain marginalized groups. Whether we're speaking about people from a different skin color, or people who have a different sexual orientation, people who do not have the same religious path, or simply individuals who don't see we see as equal, she wrote this book, "Belief, Being, and Beyond," uh, so that individuals would have a common ground to come to. She herself has been harmed by blind spots, and she's created a solution so that others don't have to be get your copy of belief being and beyond your journey to questioning ideas deconstructing concepts and healing from harmful belief systems you can find out more about granddaughter crow uh, her other books and anything else that she has upcoming in the future by going to GranddaughterCrow.com. thank you so much for being on eleven eleven 11 talk radio it was a delight having you granddaughter crow Until next week, I am Simran, in love, of love, with love, and as love. Be well.
0: Thank you for opening your mind to a new reality. Your heart to greater compassion and your experience of aliveness with 1111 Talk Radio. Join host Simran next Tuesday at 8 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Eastern Time to step through the gateway of conscious living here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Remember, you are not on the journey, you are the journey.